Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Timothy 2, 14-26. We've all seen a job description before. Uh, a document or a list on a website that explains this is what the person who does this job is going to have to do, and these are the qualifications that this person needs to have. Now, as we read through the pastoral epistles, it's almost like we're looking at a pastoral job description. We are seeing what the pastor is going to do. We are seeing what kind of person the pastor needs to be. And this is relevant for all of us because one, some of us may be pastors or someday be pastors. And so this is important. All of us need pastors. That's the biblical model to be involved in a local church that is led by pastors or elders, whichever term you're going to use to describe that office that we saw in 1 Timothy 3. So we all need to know what to look for in the pastors we're going to submit to and, and join a church. And also we have seen that God intends for the pastors to be examples. So the things that we see in pastors should be models for us. So there's something for all of us to learn. And as we continue through 2 Timothy, we're looking at the second half of chapter 2 today. We're going to see three things that every pastor must be. And hopefully these things will shape your own thinking as well, because we are all called to serve. I mean, here it talks about the Lord's servant. I think that's it's using that term in an official way, really, to describe a pastor. But all of us are called to serve. All of us are called to ministry in some sense. Even the pastors and the leaders of the church are there to equip all of the saints for the work of the ministry. So these three things will be things that will help you in whatever role or capacity you are serving as well. The first thing that we see that the pastor needs to be is he needs to be clear. Verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Uh, the pastor must be able to handle the word of truth and to teach it in a way that is clear and even has the idea of cutting it straight. The, the pastor needs to cut it straight. He needs to be clear. He needs to be able to tell you this is what the Bible means and this is what it does not mean. And so that's what you're going to see surrounding that. The pastor is going to know when to avoid fruitless conversations, right? Just quarrels about words that only ruin the hearers. The pastor knows when to say, no, we're not going to do that because that's not really what the Bible is saying here. Uh, that, that's not what, what the text, that's not the stewardship that we have. Uh, we're, we're not going to engage in that. The pastor also needs to reject false teaching, talks about the false teaching here of Hymenaeus and Philetus, who it says have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. So the pastor has to be able to say, no, that is false teaching, and that is dangerous. The pastor needs to be clear. Now, the clarity is going to be a result of hard 
work. That's what you see at the beginning of verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker. So even just note some of the words there, do your best. The pastor should be seeking to do his best. Uh, And the other phrase you want to look at there is a worker. Uh, The study of the scripture is not just some passive thing. It, It requires work. Now, this might not be intense physical labor, the work of studying the scripture, but it is intense labor in the sense of it's hard work for your mind to focus, to learn, to challenge yourself, to ask more questions, to dig deeper so you know what the Bible says. Now, this is what God is calling the pastor to do, but you should be responsible in how you handle the word as well. And you should seek that clarity in your own life. You should seek not just to settle um, for, well, I, I don't know this. You should seek to learn. You should seek to be clear. Even we saw back in Acts, the Bereans, they were noble-minded because they didn't just take Paul's word for it. Uh, They searched the scriptures themselves to see whether these things were so. And so your pastor should be clear, but you should be saying, I want to make sure that what he's saying is right. Now, the better of a teacher they are, the easier it probably will be to look at the scripture and say, yeah, this is clearly what the Bible is saying. But you have that responsibility on you as well. So all of us should seek to be clear in our understanding of the Bible. And that's going to require work uh, because we're going to need to dig in and be able to know, no, this is what the Bible says, or sometimes this is what it doesn't say, or even sometimes, well, this is what we can't know because the Bible doesn't say. And so we're not going to speculate and, and argue about this because that, that's not going to help us maintain this stewardship from God that he has given us in his word. So you should be a worker as well, seeking to be clear in your handling of the scriptures so that you can cut it straight so that you can rightly handle the word of truth. The next thing that the pastor needs to be is he needs to be clean. We see there uh, some quotes in verse 19, the second of which is, let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. We need to be set apart from iniquity. And then it goes into this illustration that there are vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Right? If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable. Uh, when I go, if I'm making breakfast for the kids, if I go and I grab a plate and it is obviously dirty, what am I going to do? I'm not going to put food on it to give to my kids. I'm going to put it back in the sink so it can be washed. And again, this is an illustration. So every illustration probably has uh, some ways that be careful how you apply it. But just think of that general principle. When God wants something done and he looks at a vessel and it's like, "Mm, this is obviously not clean. He's going to put it back into the sink. Uh, The people that are going to be most effective in ministry are those who have cleansed themselves from what is dishonorable. 
So obviously that applies to pastors, but I hope you're seeing how that applies to really every Christian as well. If you let there be uncleanness in your life, it will hamper your ministry. It just will. You will not be as effective for the cause of Christ as you could be if there is sin in your life. Now, of course, none of us are perfect. We are all striving to become more like Christ. So this is going to be an ongoing problem for all of us. But the best place to start is that the sin that we know about. Because we should constantly be growing and seeing more ways that we can grow. But when there is sin in our life that we know about and we let it stay there, that is a big problem. And that will cause us not to be as effective as we should be for the sake of the kingdom. And that's true for pastors, but it's also true for every Christian who is called again to ministry in some sense. So, verse 22 Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Flee youthful passions, flee sin, and pursue what is right. Pursue purity because that will make you more useful for ministry. Now, youthful passions there, often you think of uh, lust or sexual immorality there. In the context here, another thing we should identify there is the youthful passion to be proud, the youthful passion to be arrogant, the youthful passion to argue, because that's what really it goes on to. We've seen that uh, the pastor must be clear in handling rightly the word, Uh, the pastor must be clean, and this applies to all Christians, but the pastor must also be kind. And you see that at the end here, I have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So there you see God's prescription for how pastors should handle conflict, or even when someone else is wrong, uh, there should be a kindness in how that is approached with an ability to teach. And one thing I think is good for us to note, um, we, we need to be clear, but that doesn't mean that we need to be angry or mean-spirited in how we are clear. And we don't want to draw a false dichotomy between those things. Sometimes I think when we hear that someone needs to be kind, we start to think, well, that they're soft. No, we see here that the pastor needs to remember that the truth has hard edges, that the pastor must be clear, that the pastor must stand up for what is right. Kindness does not mean you back down from the truth. That is a false idea. That is a worldly idea. That is not a biblical idea. Kindness does not equal backing down. The pastor needs to stand for the truth, but he needs to do that in a way that is kind. Or even as it says here, he should be gentle in how he goes about this, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And that's where I think it helps to be clear. 
If we're clear on what the Bible says, we don't need to get so worked up. And so even when a pastor is encountering error, it shouldn't just be blustered. Oh my goodness, that's, how could anybody believe that? That's so foolish. No, there should be a calmness and like it says here, an ability to teach. Uh, Yeah, no, that's not true. That's not a good idea. In fact, that's dangerous. And let me show you why from the Bible. Right? When we have that clarity, it helps us to be kind because we don't need to make arguments just about the person. We don't need to call people names or do things like that. We can just calmly go to the Bible and show, no, this is what is right. This is why what you are saying is wrong because this is what the Bible says. And so the pastor should be kind and the kindness and the clarity are actually connected. And then they're also it shows a trust in God, the pastor knowing that it's not ultimately just my words that will change people because we see it's it's God who may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And hopefully we will see that. But this is what God wants from pastors, but I hope you are also seeing however you serve and however God has called you to be a part of the body of Christ, it's going to help you to be clear, to be clean, and to be kind. And I hope that as we take God's word and we seek to pursue it in our own lives, God will help all of us be as effective as we can be for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of his church, and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.